is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and T. All right, welcome to Fantasy Week 15. Time for your semifinals for most of you. And this is your waiver wire show. Last week... I'm not going to make any declarations about whether or not this is a good week or a bad week. <laughs> I'm not going to change my opinion hours later. But uh, it's not such a great week, is it? I just lied. I already made the declaration. Not such a great week, is it? No. It's it's going to be a challenging week. I think there's a lot of very, very interesting matchups coming our way. Sure. In terms of the waiver wire, are there guys that you're excited about? No. We probably need to spend a little bit more time this week on the 65 or 60 to 75% group. Oh, we will. Especially the running backs, the Doug Martins of the world, Peyton Barber, uh, maybe, um, probably not. And uh, yeah, Justin Jackson might be still available. He's about 80% owned. So there's that. Hey, Jamie, how, how's the waiver wire looking? It's good. Not great. Okay. All right. Yeah. Elijah McGuire could be pretty interesting this week. That's uh that's for sure. Um, so let's get to the top three priorities. If you were going to give uh, just a few names, three-ish, who are they? Um, Elijah McGuire would be one. Chris Conley would be one. And about, Dante yeah. Pettis would be one. How about Ian Thomas? A lot of people uh, need tough to matchup, end up. I know, but he's gotten targets the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the Panthers have a quarterback problem. All right, we got Elijah McGuire. We got uh, Chris Conley. Dante Pettis, Ian Thomas, Heath, anyone you want to add? Um, Outside of those guys, I am pretty, pretty excited about Lamar Jackson this week. I like uh, Kenneth Dixon as somebody that I don't need to start this week, but I might want to start in week 16. All right, that works for me, and we'll uh, break down a lot more names. It's, it's possible, probable, that your quarterback is on your roster. You don't have to go to the waiver wire for a quarterback, but... Yeah, McGuire's got a big opportunity. We'll probably spend a lot of time talking about him. Um, the big news is that Melvin Gordon did not practice, uh, you know, on on Monday, and Austin Eckler unlikely to play this week. He's got a neck injury and he's in the concussion protocol. They're playing on Thursday at Kansas City. So, just what I think is the obvious: if Justin Jackson is available, he's the number one priority, right? By far and away. Yeah. Yep. He is 79% owned, and I know he came off a terrible game, but uh, we'd, we'd probably like him. Um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs this year have faced a lot of running back tandems, but if you look at what they've given up to the running back position, 2,200 total yards, 17 touchdowns in 13 games. Second most fantasy points to running backs, the most receiving yards per game to running backs. 5.1 yards per carry to running backs. That's what Justin Jackson could be looking at. Do you guys think Melvin Gordon still has a chance to play? Sure. Doesn't sound like it. I I, I mean, he's got to practice in order to get on the field. Hmm. It doesn't sound great at this point. but I think he has a chance. I don't expect him. If we were playing the Do right. You Expect Him game, oh, which is will. my favorite game. Oh, we, we're going to get ready for it because it's going to oh, happen. <laughs> uh, Tyreek Hill is expected to play, so we do expect Tyreek Hill to play this week. Baltimore has not announced a starting quarterback yet. So, you know, Heath, you just said you're excited about Lamar Jackson. Um, they got Tampa Bay. And he's had nothing but great matchups in his last four games. Cincinnati, Oakland, at Atlanta, at Kansas City. And he's come through in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues twice. Four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. He's been pretty solid in all four games. Uh, yeah, do, do you do you fear Joe Flacco's role? That's that's why I have it the order that I do. Which is I have Allen I have Lamar Jackson ranked ahead of Josh Allen. But I, I if we get obviously closer to the end of the week, I I think you may end up with Lamar Jackson on the bench. Would not be surprised. Uh, it would be so bad. When Jamie says I do fear it a little bit, yes. When Jamie says ranked the way he does, he has Josh Allen as his top waiver wire quarterback priority and Jackson too. <clears throat> and then Nick Mullins and Derek Carr. Uh Jordan Reed could miss the rest of the season with a toe injury. And Vernon Davis could be someone that people turn to this week. More on that later. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite game. Do you expect, as we sit here on Tuesday morning, 
Ben Roethlisberger against New England. Sure. Yes. Ryan Tannehill at Minnesota. Yes. Odell Beckham against Tennessee. Yes. We don't have him ranked yet, but yes. James Conner against New England. Not as of now. No. Spencer Ware against the Chargers. Yes. He, he didn't practice on Monday, but I think he still has. He's got a better chance to play than Melvin Gordon. There's been no indication that he's going to miss again. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory against Detroit. Uh, no. Isaiah Crowell against Houston Saturday. Not as of now. No. Carry on Johnson at Buffalo. Like to see him practice. Yeah, we're, we're thinking no at, at this point. Um, Matt Breida against Seattle. No. I hope not. Stay away. And uh, Austin Hooper against Arizona. I'm sorry, who? Austin Hooper against Arizona. Uh, he got banged up late for the Falcons. As of now, I'm not expecting him. Okie dokie. So I I guess let's just kind of get into some of the names. You know how it goes, everybody. We'll give you some names now. We'll go kind of more in depth later on in the show. We will also talk about the I don't do we have to talk about the Sunday night game, the Bonanza? <laughs> I, I thought I got a good tweet and I think you probably saw it too, it was to all of us. The Bonanza was so bad that it messed up Monday night football too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. I was uh, I was Carson went short of my Josh Allen prediction. Uh, Goff, Trubisky, and Wentz. Goff, Trubisky, Wilson, and Cousins, and Wentz. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. How about that? And so we'll talk about those two games. I think you know how the Tuesday show works. Sneak peek at the waiver wire. I I think I said all the quarterbacks, so I apologize. It's Allen, Jackson, Mullins, and Carr. That's who we're looking at this week. Yeah, I, I Allen Jackson. I go Jackson Allen, but there is the risk of Allen not uh, or Jackson not starting. I another name. I'm going to say it. D- say it. Eli, say Eli Manning. No, oh, that's no. not what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say Jeff Driscoll. Oh my god! Really? The Raiders are the worst pass defense in the NFL. It's just that nobody throws against them. Uh huh. You have 8.6 yards per pass attempt. Uh-huh. He's not a bad daily play. I don't think anybody's playing him in seasonal leagues, though. I don't think anybody's playing a lot of these guys in seasonal leagues. That's the problem. There is, yeah, I know, I know. It's that's why we. There's mostly two quarterback leagues at this point. The only one I have ranked in my top fifteen is Lamar Jackson. There's one name that I think should be on the list. Should I say it now or should we wait? Is it the, the guy, the other guy in that game? Well, well Derek Carr. He's on the list. Carr, we already right. said. Him. Oh, you said Carr already. Uh-huh. Not that anybody's going to start him. Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I don't like him at I all. Just, I think we get a similar game script to last week. Against the Red Hot Giants? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, running backs. So other than Elijah McGuire, who's an option this week? Uh, Edo Smith is interesting. Cardinals are terrible against the run. And he's getting more playing time than, or more touches at least, than Tevin Coleman. Playing time is almost identical. Um, you have a lot of the injury replacement guys, but he said the other guy, Kenneth Dixon, I think you have to pick up Damian Williams just with the thought of Spencer Ware not playing. Okay, and I know uh, Marcus Murphy could be in line for a starting starting gig against the Lions for the Bills. And the way that Lions game went, Zach Zinner might be a thing. Oh, for sure. He, yeah. he got all of his work in the second half. They were tired of LeGarrette Blunt plotting away, and now Zach Zinner does have a chance. But it's going to be a committee again. It's... Right back to being where it was with carry-on. Except now there's no carry-on, and there's still three guys. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Uh, I mean, Pettis still is the best one if he's out there. Um, I think you got to pick up Conley, just A, with Watkins being out, and the potential of Tyree Kill not playing, just in case there's a setback during the week. Um, Curtis Samuel has been fantastic the last month. He should be added across the board. Uh, if you want a sneaky play, Isaiah McKenzie, because he may be the backup running back if both McCoy uh-huh. and Ivory are out behind Marcus Murphy. Yeah, I, I, you know, my rankings on Tuesday morning when they first come out are solely based on what my little numbers say, and then I go through it. Isaiah McKenzie's ranked way too high for me right Where now. Uh, 30 at wide receiver? <laughs> yeah, I had a hard catches. time with wide receiver right at about 
30th overall this week. There's just a lot of guys that I don't feel great about. Well, Jamie mentioned Curtis Samuel. He has eight or more fantasy points in non-PPR, 11 or more fantasy points in PPR in five of his last six games. And now he faces the Saints, who do allow the most fantasy points to wide receivers, but they have been better lately. So uh, Pettis, Conley, Samuel, Isaiah McKenzie, interesting names at wide receiver. I, I like Kenny Stills. How can you like Kenny Stills? How I don't think Xavier like Rhodes is going to follow him. But it's not like other wide receivers kill the Vikings, you know? It's not like number two wide receivers are so they, good against the They went the into the game last night third in terms of touchdowns allowed to the position. They came out of it probably better than that after what happened this week. And I think about half of the touchdowns they've allowed came at the Rams. That one horrible game they gave up, I think, four touchdowns to Rams wide receivers. They've only allowed nine. So. Yeah, they gave up four in that game, I think. So there you go. Uh, okay, tight ends. So is Ian Thomas the cream of the crop? I had a tough time between him and Ferkser. Really? If you look at what they've done the last three games prior to last week, I'll tell you the numbers in a second. Um, between Janu and Ferkser, the duo, mm-hmm. I know obviously Janu's not playing. Um, so three weeks prior to that, 23 targets between the two of them, 20 catches, 274 yards, and two touchdowns. Ferkser has caught all of his targets over the last four games. He has caught all of his targets. He has at least three catches in each of his last four games. Thomas in his last two games has 14 catches on 16 targets for 120. Oh, he's the better player, yards. but he has the tougher matchup. No week. touchdowns. It's a tough matchup. Cameron Brait just scored twice on, on him. two catches. Yeah, so that's true. If he true, doesn't catch the ball I, in the end zone, then he's a, a disaster. Fire point. I think that Thomas is just going to continue to get a lot of targets. Cam's not throwing it deep anymore. That shoulder is a problem. And so checking it down, dinking and dunking, I think that's working out in Thomas's favor, and he's got a high catch rate. And Ferkser is at the Giants, and I, I don't know. You, know. you could look at what the Giants have done against quarterbacks, and this is why I, I sort of like Mariota. You could look at what the Giants have done against quarterbacks. It's been pretty good this year, but we just don't know what they look like without Landon Collins because last week doesn't count. And that will probably hurt them a little bit against tight ends too. So keep that in mind. Um, all right, and uh, DSTs. Uh, by the way, also on today's show, a little, little bit different on today's show, I, I do have – more talk about running backs that are owned in more leagues and whether or not you'd start them, and and then you know how important it is to play the waiver wire. Same thing with tight ends, not so much with the wide receivers, but we'll talk about like, like the Aaron Rodgers owner. Should the Aaron Rodgers owner facing the Bears this week go out and pick up a waiver wire quarterback? I, I'm going to frame it a little bit differently this week since we're not we're no longer looking at guys for long term potential. It's all week to week. Uh, so anyway, like I said, it'll be a little bit different. How about DST streamers this week? Who do we like, guys? It might be the worst week of the season for DST streamers. Yeah, you're going to cringe when you hear these teams, but I think the Lions are the best one. They're taking on Buffalo without LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory. Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over at least three times. And uh, I like them just a nudge ahead of the Redskins going up against Cody Kessler because I think the Redskins will have a hard time with Leonard Fournette. Uh, Falcons playing at home against Arizona, pretty good matchup for them. Okay, I'd rank them that way, Lions, Redskins, Falcons. That works for me. And then there are teams that are owned in a lot of leagues, like the Jaguars could randomly be available. I don't know if I... I've been saying the Titans over and over and over again. I'm not sure I like them. You guys like the Titans this week? If Odell's out, yes. Yeah, I like the Titans. Um, The Ravens may have been dropped. They're 85% owned. They get Tampa Bay. Minnesota may have have been dropped. They're 88% owned. Again, I mean, it's, it's just randomly these defenses might show up in your league. And then do you like the Bills against Detroit, 81% on? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you even consider— Better than all three that I named. Would you even consider sitting the Bears DST against the Packers? No. I don't think They're top so. seven for me. Yeah, Rodgers has been bad on the road. Do we have IDP? Yes. Woo! We've got IDPs ready to go, but there aren't a lot of them this week. And believe it or not, defensive line is the one that I think is, is the strongest of the group. Denico Autry— for Indianapolis, has been playing great the last four weeks, and he's out there in 92% of leagues. Your boy, Carl Nassib, Adam, mm-hmm. yeah, has been really good the last three weeks. He's out there in a ton of leagues. Um, Miles Jack, I mean, we're moving to linebacker now. Miles Jack uh, was dropped in a lot of leagues because he had a big lull in the middle of the season. Still out there in almost 80% of leagues. He's been good the past couple of weeks. And then uh, Marshawn Lattimore, 
Prince of Mukamara and Kyle Fuller, two bears and a saint, three corners, not safeties, all putting up good numbers over the last couple of weeks. All three of them owned in uh, 15% of fantasy leagues or less. And uh, I just want to give one name that I can't remember, but I have him on my team. I don't think he did so well last week. Uh, his name is, oh, he, it's hard to pronounce, Foye Oluokun, Oluokun probably. Foye Oluokun for the Atlanta Falcons. He's a rookie linebacker coming off a bad game, but three games before that, mm-hmm. he was really good. Um, so Foye Oluokun is 5% owned for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm starting to enjoy my IDP a little bit more. IDPs. That's because you're winning. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying the defensive aspect of it, I mean. And it, defensive back is so interchangeable. Like, the position to really put a premium on is defensive line. If it, next right, year, because there's just not a lot of those. Oh, guys. they're terrible. Like, Aaron Donald, I know he had a bad game, but that man is so valuable in IDP leagues. IMO in IDP. Mm-hmm. Uh, kickers. Kickers, 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 real quick. Kickers? Nobody? Okay, Matt Bryant, Dan Bailey, it's Brandon not, It's Mendes. not a great group. Yeah, but but keep in mind, I think it's a good week to look for like indoor kickers. Matt Bryant being one of them. Brett Maher, doesn't he miss a lot? I feel like he misses. But weather could be a factor. So, you know, just keep that in mind. I don't think you have to do this with your waiver claims. I think you go back to McManus at home. How'd, uh, how's fantasy going for you guys? How are the first round of the playoffs? Mixed. I've got uh, seven semifinal team left. Yeah, I have eight. I've got eight left as well. Eight out of 15. That's great. I'm five out of 10. I think it's a good year, guys. Good for us. I know Chris Towers keeps bragging about it on Twitter, but he's doing pretty well, too. Cool. Hooray for CBS. Uh, And hooray for Lightstream. Today's sponsor is Lightstream. Lightstream is awesome. Lightstream.com slash FFT. Go there right now. Lightstream.com slash FFT. You'll see the website. Very easy to use. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. And the holidays are approaching, and you might be thinking about how you're going to save some extra money. It's uh, it's expensive time of year, that's for sure. I got a way that maybe you haven't thought of. Consolidate your high-interest credit card balances to a lower rate and save with Lightstream. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 6.14% APR with auto pay. And as someone, you know, you miss a credit card payment, you know, you got a little bit of debt or something, like it could be really frustrating. A 6.14% APR rate, that, I mean, that is amazing. The national average credit card interest rate is over 19%. Another thing you can do at lightstream.com slash FFT is get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000. You can get your money as soon as the day you apply. The application is 100% online, and there are no fees. And Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate. So on top of their already low interest rate, you can get an additional discount at lightstream.com slash FFT. That is lightstream.com slash FFT. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. News and notes. Uh, actually, I want to look ahead to week 16 real quick, uh, even though I don't really think you have to. But if you are looking at week 16, Mariota gets the Redskins. It's basically the same names. If Baker Mayfield's still available, he has the Bengals. Josh Allen's at New England. Derek Carr gets Denver. These are options for you, but I don't think you really have to worry about it right now, unless Mayfield is available. He might light up the Bengals again. DSTs, Tennessee is against Washington. New England against Buffalo. Cleveland against Cincinnati. And Indianapolis against the Giants. That's next week. Tennessee against Washington. New England against Buffalo. Cleveland against Cincinnati. Colts against the Giants. And now your news and notes. Bears cornerback Bryce Callahan left with a foot injury. He's an important player for them, right? Bryce Callahan. Yes, he's their slot corner, and he's very good. Uh, so they have the Packers coming up. Does that does that make Randall Cobb more interesting? A little bit. Okay. Jimmy Graham also. Pierre Garçon out for the season. Josh Doxson's in the concussion protocol. New Orleans could get their left tackle, Teron Armstead, back this week. That would be very nice. They have a Monday game at Carolina. The Eagles signed Boston Scott off New Orleans' practice squad. Is there any fantasy significance to that? It means that you're probably not going to see Corey Clement. 
Uh, Leonard Fournette got into a verbal altercation with a fan. I only ask because I wonder if you are at all concerned about a suspension from this. No. Did he punch the fan? He did not. Yeah, I'm He'll just be all right. bringing it up. Denver cornerback Isaac Yidem is expected to miss this week's game with a separated shoulder. So that's... He stinks, by the way. Does he? <laughs> He's not a good corner at all. Oh, I thought he was having a decent year. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. So not a huge deal, but it is less depth for Denver. Buffalo linebacker Matt Milano out for the year with a broken leg, and that is a big deal. He's a good player for them. They have mm-hmm. Detroit coming to town. And all good things must come to an end. A running back did not score a touchdown against the Giants in Week 14, and a wide receiver did not catch a touchdown against the Bucks in Week 14. So we no longer can give that stat of the game. Oakland fired GM Reggie McKenzie. Seattle 21, Minnesota 7. Two injuries for the Vikings late in the game. Defensive lineman Sheldon Richardson limped off the field, and right tackle Brian O'Neill left in the fourth quarter. Um, other than that, it was a be- it was a great night for the Vikings. That no, was terrible. Um, what did what you make of this stink fest? Seattle twenty one, Minnesota seven. The game went uh, totally the opposite of what I thought. I thought that uh, both quarterbacks would play well. I didn't think Seattle's defense would be quite as good as it was. They were in Kirk Cousins' kitchen all game long, and uh, Russ got hampered. Man, credit to both defenses; they both played really well. Uh, uh, I, I think Wilson bounces back before Cousins does next week. Though. I think they both both do. Um, well, I mean, every, they don't have to do much to bounce every, back. Every every trend that I thought was going to happen held. Everson Griffin playing for the Vikings, opposing quarterback stunk. Kirk Cousins in a big spot. You look at the numbers, terrible. Kirk Cousins on prime time, terrible. Seattle, you said this, Heath, the building still holds a little value. Terrible. I mean, everything that you could have expected from this game, at least I expected it, uh, came to fruition. So See, I think that... both guys bounced back in a big, big way based on the matchups that they have. You just saw Russell Wilson tear through San Francisco. He'll do that again. Kirk Cousins against Miami. You saw Tom Brady have a get-right game against them. He's at home against a beatable team that's probably living off the euphoria of the Miami Miracle. He's going to have a great game also. Do not fear those two quarterbacks this week at all. And, and I mean, I'll give you credit for the Cousins thing because, like, I, I did not have any expectations for Russell Wilson, especially without Doug Baldwin. But Seattle's defense played so well last night, and there was absolutely no indication that this was a good defense. I mean, you just No, look- this is all about Cousins. This was not about the but defense. But that's it because two, oh, I three weeks. Oh, I thought the defense played a huge Defense role. played great. Yeah. But this is great. all on him. He does not play well in these spots. Well, he, he did three weeks well ago, though. He, but he did against Green Bay. He had three, 342 and three touchdowns in week 12 against Green Bay. Wasn't that he a Sunday night game? He leg and missed open feel and open digs repeatedly yeah. because of pressure. Seattle, pissed? I, I will say Seattle's defense and crowd, I do think, had a lot to do with it. But yes, and Bobby Wagner cheating as well. Bobby <laughs> Wagner cheating? <laughs> that was cheating. Kudos to him. <laughs> well, Frank Clark was awesome. Frank Clark yeah, was, was awesome. Now, you say kudos to him. I think that's a 15-yard penalty, though, right? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, kudos to him for getting away with it. I guess, but that would have given them a first down. Um, there was a positive for a Viking in this game, I thought. Yes, Dal- Dalvin, Cook. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, right. he may be the start of the week this week. I, I love the setup for him. And not Doug Martin? Not Doug I've been really pushing for Doug no. Martin. <laughs> Two starts of the week. Um, yeah, he dominated I, I will say, I, I th- like the, not forget about the touchdown. The touchdown was good, but it was garbage time. He got... Almost all the carries. He looked good. He was heavily involved in the passing game. You know you know where they didn't use him enough? Short yards. Mm-hmm. They yep. gave Latavius Murray yep. the carry. He went sideways through the line, got hammered, and, yep. and they didn't get the first down there. And every short yards opportunity they had, they weren't giving him work. It was stupid. Uh, okay, so just, just on that, they had first and goal from the four. They handed off to Latavius Murray. After that, Cook was in the game. And Cook did get stuffed, right? He got stuffed on third and goal from the two. And then they went for it on fourth and goal. But that is important note, Jamie, because he is not guaranteed goal line work. They seem to like Latavius Murray in the short yardage role. Yeah, dumb. It is dumb. Um, but it, it, does, it does happen. It was a nice game for Dalvin Cook, though. And he's been solid lately because um, he's getting he get a lot of catches. Four, three, three, eight, and five catches in his last five games. Oh, guess where he's from? I forgot about this. Yeah, but the game's, Florida, the game's yeah. in Minnesota. Right? Miami. No, the game's in Minnesota. Yeah. It's I know, home. but he's oh, from Miami. He's from Miami. Yeah, that's true. He's given you double digit fantasy points in three straight games. Uh, all right. And Chris Carson, 22 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. This team will not stop running. And did I hear right that Russell Wilson's 40 yard run was the longest run of the season by the Seahawks? Yep. 
That's amazing. Like they don't well, pop any. Wait, wait. Last night Rashad Penny had an eighty yard run that went seventeen yards. <laughs> He's good. I, I I'm excited about him next year. He is. We talked about this on HQ last night that I, I think if he can somehow manage to figure out pass protection. He's going to kick Chris Carson off the team. Dave, you wanted me to wait on something? No. Oh, okay. I thought you said wait, wait. Uh, no. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, uh, I guess as good as you could expect uh, in this spot. Chicago 15. But, but you brought Rams up something, six. Adam, though, about on our on our radio show Saturday. Without Doug Baldwin, has been his worst games, too. Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're right. Russell Wilson. He And unfortunately, without Doug Baldwin, he, I think he's had some pretty tough matchups. It was Dallas, Chicago, and this game. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but without Doug Baldwin, so, he has I don't struggled. think you're benching him next week against the, the 49ers. No, 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 no. Chicago 15 and the Rams 6. Bears dominated time of possession, 36 minutes and 49 seconds. Are you concerned about Jared Goff now? It's two clunkers in a row, but he'll come back home to face the Eagles. Uh, no, game. I love him this week. This is, this is a, a player who played to what I thought would happen, which is just get totally crushed by pressure and turn the ball over. And uh, no touchdowns was a surprise. Four interceptions was probably a little too many too, but <laughs> yeah. he's got Philadelphia next week. And then uh, after that, he's at Arizona, San Francisco in week 17, if you're playing that long. I, I think he'll be fine. I, fantasy owners could not have picked a better week to face Todd Gurley. I mean, you're just... Dave, did we talk about this on the air or off the air? Your podcast league team, Dave? I, I think I mentioned it. Okay, yeah. I mean that uh yeah, Gurley, Thielen, Ertz, zero touchdowns yeah. combined, and I'm out. Yeah. This was also a great week to have Todd Gurley if you were on bye. Yeah. There's the flip side True. of it, obviously, which yeah. is that. Yeah, I know. If you're the Todd Gurley owner, I mean that's just he was so amazing in the fantasy playoffs last year that you know, when when you talk to somebody after the season, they said they won their league, you were like, Oh yeah, Todd Gurley? And uh, he he lays an egg here. They hold the whole team did. Anything yep. from the Rams before we move to the Bears? Philly at Arizona, San Francisco in Week 17. Gurley will be a hero for you again. Just wasn't against Chicago. So, what is your take on Trubisky right now with Green Bay at home? I I kind of feel the same way, and I. This is another one that I'm going to have to really look at where I have these two guys ranked. But and my initial thought is Trubisky and Cousins are both going to bounce back in a huge, huge, way. huge. I, I, my, I had them both in my top five quarterbacks in my first uh, set of rankings. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100 percent on Trubisky. I guess if I had a question about Trubisky, it's did this game make you think? I guess I have to go back to. Well, we don't have to go back to last year. Did this game make you think that he might struggle in cold weather? Because it was cold, and it's probably going to be cold again. No, the thing that made me nervous and will make me nervous this week was just decision-making and his throws. His throws were terrible. He had a bad game. He had three interceptions. He was off on plenty of his passes. Not going to see the same pressure by any Not quite, no. But this is a game where the Bears should be able to run the ball at will. Yeah, don't I also, love Jordan Howard, but I like him. Back on track after missing time with the children. I don't know if he's got huge upside this week. I, I don't do. know if he's got top five type of upside. Uh, I do. Uh, Jordan Howard. Speaking of running the ball, Jordan Howard had 19 carries for 101 yards. Tariq Cohen had nine carries for 69 yards, four catches for 20 yards. So they both were solid. Sure. Like for Howard, this was amazing. If somebody dropped Allen Robinson this week, would you pick him up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh he's a good number three, maybe even a number two this week. But if he were the worst player on your team, would you drop him for Dante Pettis or Curtis Samuel? No. Yep. Yes. All right. Mixed mixed opinions there. And after that game ended, I felt less bad about recommending Matt Lacoste over Trey Burton. Trey Burton was better, but he had two catches for twenty two yards. He's terrible. It's it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Okay, waiver wire. Uh, for every position, we'll start with quarterback, break down some of the matchups, talk about who we're starting, who we're sitting. We'll get to that right after this.
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So we begin with uh, one quarterback who's owned it. Well, actually two. I should have I should have included one other guy. So they've been sort of hot waiver wire topics uh, for a few weeks. Now they're owned in more than 80% of leagues. But Baker Mayfield coming off two straight bad fantasy games. And Jameis Winston playing, I don't know, maybe the best football of his career, but having to face Baltimore. If you had Mayfield and Winston, are you looking to the waiver wire for Allen, Jackson, Mullins, Carr? Uh, or are you comfortable starting them? Uh, I have that in one of my semifinals. Um, uh, Dak Prescott's available. That's the first guy I'm going to go look for. Uh, the second guy will be Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, depending on how the starting situation shakes out. You have I'm, what? Okay. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold, hold on. Back. You have Mayfield or Winston or what? I have Winston. Okay. And the first guy I'm going to pick up because he's available is Dak Prescott. I love the matchup for him against the Colts. If he gets picked up because someone's trying to block me, because that would be the only way that somebody would pick him up because everybody else has good quarterbacks, the next guy I will pick up will be either Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, depending on what the news is the rest of this week. Why are you so low, guys, unless the rankings aren't updated on the site, on Baker Mayfield? I think Denver probably had, and I was talking to Pete Prisco Drink about this yesterday, <laughs> and he agreed. I, I think that Denver probably at home, still in the playoff race against a rookie quarterback, has one last hurrah left in them defensively. And, I mean, Mayfield's not been a surefire top 12 quarterback or anything. I mean, right. I think he played pretty well last week. He was 18 of 22. He, he was played great, awesome. But the that, numbers, they're the, not going to be problem. able to run the ball that well against the Broncos, I don't think. And Nick Mullins just scored 23 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown. They don't have Chris Harris. They don't have that other crappy cornerback. The problem for me with Mayfield <laughs> is there's several ways this game could go, and maybe only one of them that actually works out well for him in fantasy. And he just played a great matchup at home. And didn't have a big game. Because if the Broncos just lay down and are terrible offensively, then he's going to throw it 22 times again. Give me Josh Allen. Give me Lamar Jackson. Give me Jameis. I agree with all those. Give me Dak. Give me Mullins. Yep. All ahead well, I'm not sure about Mullins. Oh, boy. I don't know that I'd take Jameis over Mayfield. I'm not playing. I'd, I'd play Mayfield over Jameis. But the bottom line is I think you all have Mayfield out uh, 20th or, or lower, which surprised me. But all righty. Um, how about Aaron Rodgers? Should the Aaron Rodgers owners turn to Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, etc.? Jackson, I would, I would, yes. I would play Dak, Jackson, Dak and Jackson over Rodgers. Jackson right now is the only one. I'm going to look at Dak again. I've got him kind of in the, this huge group of quarterbacks that I'm really nervous about where I have them ranked. That does have shootout potential, though. It does, yeah. I, I don't dislike Dak. It's just on, on the first run, yeah. I didn't get him in my top 12. I am a little bit nervous about the Cowboys, uh, other than Zeke and Cooper, because the Colts' defensive coordinator was previously in Dallas, knows that offense pretty well. Usually that's a thing that helps the team that they're going up against. It's a different offense, though. I don't think it's a different offense. Well, I mean, Still, it's the same personnel. scheme. Just harder to cover. Dak's been playing great the last couple of weeks, really, ever been. since they got Amari Cooper. Yeah, but this was this this game against the Eagles. Uh, gosh, I don't have it off the top of my head, but he's got maybe his third game, fourth game with multiple touchdown passes. He just doesn't throw that yeah. many touchdown passes. Um, ah, whatever. That's something we can get into later in the week. Uh, all right, what is a Mull? You know, Nick Mullins is pretty interesting. He's had six games. He's been good in four of them. I'm such, or is it three out of five? I think it's three out of five, sorry. But last two games, 26 fantasy points at Seattle, 23 against Denver, and here he goes against Seattle. 
Six of the last seven quarterbacks to face the Seahawks have thrown multiple touchdown passes and scored 20 to 26 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Kirk Cousins was the exception to that. So it's probably a situation where you don't have to get Nick Mullins. Uh, you know, it's two-quarterback league. That's another story. But uh, So it's I just want to throw that Two out. worst games have come against two of the easiest opponents that he faced. Uh no, just one, right? Just the bit, just the Bucks. Well, the Giants at the time were struggling. Yeah, Giants are weird. They've been they're like tenth against quarterbacks this year. Uh, that makes no sense to me. Derek Carr though at Cincinnati, best matchup you can have. If you look at the Bengals, they they gave up the most quarterback uh, points to quarterbacks. They have faced great quarterbacks. Almost all year. And I would say they really haven't been bad against any bad fantasy quarterbacks. This is another one of those games where I, you could sell me on this game going one. Like these, it's, the Bengals are awful, but I, they're favored. I wouldn't be that surprised if they won. They, they don't ever underestimate Marvin Lewis' ability to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> How about Derek Carr's 19, 11, 29, and 22 fantasy points in his last four? His last two have been great. Yeah, 22 plus, last two. I'd play him over Winston. All right, just real we should probably spend more time on Allen and Jackson. So you guys just want to tell me what you expect from Josh Allen against Detroit. Oh, here's a fun stat. Tell me if this matters to you. Detroit allows, by far, the fewest rushing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks, despite having faced Prescott, Trubisky, Aaron Rodgers, whatever, Wilson, and Newton. And they gave up almost no rushing yards to these guys. They gave up like five per game. Um, does that matter when you look at Josh Allen? And uh, if you want to talk about Allen versus Lamar Jackson, please have at it. I mean, he's a different dude than some of those other guys, though. He's, right now, he's the best. But they have yeah. to face Cam and Wilson and Trubisky. And... A, a problem that I have with Josh Allen's rushing production and working from a, a projection basis is he's averaging basically 10 yards per carry. Uh, the last couple of weeks, and I have a hard time expecting anybody to do that. Like even Cam at his highest. So I think I'm looking more like at 50 yards rushing as opposed to the 100 he's given you the last that, two weeks. Right. And if he gives you 50 rushing yards with the way he's been throwing the ball, he's terrible. So this is according to Pro Football Focus. Um, I guess it's for the season. Josh Allen has 490 rushing yards. Most on the team. His design runs... 89 yards, and his scrambles, 401. So play calls, he's only getting 89 runs. It's, on yeah, it's all him. Right. Lamar Jackson has 469 rushing yards. Design runs are 418 yards, and scrambles are 51. Right. So mm-hmm. you can't plan for Josh Allen to run. Right. That's interesting. But that's what he does. <laughs> he keeps doing pressure it. On him, it's, it's not or, that much different than the Russell Wilson touchdown run right. earlier this year. Or as soon as you see him, or as soon as he sees that the defensive backs have their backs turned to him, He's he's out of there, and he's getting huge runs. He's had at least a 28-yard rush in three straight games. And I don't think LaShawn McCoy, no LaShawn McCoy, is going to make a difference because it's not like McCoy's been making or breaking this offense. Uh, so, so answer me this. Which quarterbacks that you've been relying on all year would you be, if not sitting, at least picking up Allen or Jackson just to have the option? I mean, Rod- Rodgers makes me nervous this week. Rodgers is probably number two on that list for me. I'd, I'd play those guys over Winston. How about Drew Brees? No. I'm going with Brees. I've got Lamar ahead of oh, Brees. I, I, if Lamar Jackson's starting, I'd play him over Brees. Okay. That's fine. And you uh, don't have any interest in Marcus Mariota? I have no interest in Marcus Mariota. He didn't make my top 24. Why? Minimal. Well, how come? I think that most likely this is a game where he throws it 23 or 24 times again. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And uh, all right, I think we should. Uh, uh, Josh Johnson in a two quarterback league. Would you Would you be interested in Josh Johnson at Jacksonville? I'm desperate. I'd rather start Cody Kessler. Would you really? I'll take Johnson over Kessler. I would start Driscoll over him. I would start Driscoll definitely over Driscoll him too. All right, let's go to the running backs. So the first thing I want to do is talk about last week's waiver wire guys and how interested you are in starting them right now. Jeff Wilson, Jalen Samuels, Justin Jackson. Uh, I mean, those, how, those guys are all obvious starts right now. Are they? Okay, they look good yes. to you? 
as like long- they, they've 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 extended beyond like possible starters, sleepers. They're they're obvious. As again, they're all three dependent on three running backs that we don't have a definitive status on yet. But if we're assuming that Breida, Connor, Gordon, and Eckler are all out, then they're all three top fifteen running backs for me. So Stephen Ridley, how about him? No, thank you. No, no. Okay. So now we have to talk about the guys who are owned in more than 65% of leagues. And there are four names here. Derrick Henry. Remember him? <laughs> Peyton Barber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derrick Henry, Peyton Barber at Baltimore. It's probably easy to, to say no to that one. Doug Barton, though, at Cincinnati, which allows the most fantasy points to running backs. A running back has scored at least one touchdown against the Bengals in eight straight games. Uh, and Frank Gore at Minnesota. Again, you probably get away from that. So can can we eliminate Barber and Gore and say if you're in the fantasy playoffs you you probably don't want to be relying on them? Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. So then let's talk about Derrick Henry and Doug Martin, who are both 72 percent owned, and how you're feeling about them this week. I feel good about Doug Martin. Great about Doug Martin. Great matchup. He's had at least 15 carries each of his last two games. Does get used a little bit in the passing game. You undersold the Bengals' run defense. In the last eight weeks... How could I have said that? I said they gave up the most fantasy points. No, it's it's amazing. In the last eight weeks, they've allowed nine running backs to score 14 non-PPR fantasy points. They've allowed six running backs in eight games, six running backs to score 20 non-PPR fantasy points. They have given up a good season worth of running back production in half a season. (laughs) Over 1,100 rush total yards and like 14 touchdowns. And there have been seven running backs with 15 or more carries against the Bengals. And as Dave said, uh, Martin's had that in two straight games, 15 or more carries. All seven of the running backs who have had that against the Bengals have scored 14 or more fantasy points. Martin is a start for me in either format. Henry's just barely in my top 24 in non-PPR and uh, more of a flex in PPR. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, I think Henry's a must-start guy this week. Yeah, we know the deal with Henry, right? I mean, we could take away Jamie what Adrian Peterson just did because it's the Redskins. This is a great matchup for Henry. It should be. Yeah. So, who I, would you guys rather have, Henry or uh, or Martin? I know, I know, he says Martin. Dave, Jamie. I mean, the the track record is better for Martin. Again, you know, it's it, he's extended now beyond the sleeper conversation, beyond the questionable conversation. It's it's now the track record is there, the matchup is there, and you should feel comfortable starting him this week. I, I think a fun group is Martin Carson, Sony Michelle, and Derrick Henry. I'd throw Ingram in there too. It, how many running backs that aren't obvious must start guys like elite guys have a better chance to score than Derrick Henry. Like that guy is scoring this week, right? And he's, you know, it's, it's funny because obviously last week's game was monstrous, but he had come into that game scoring. And I think it's four of his last six prior to that. Now it's five of his last seven. So he's been finding the end zone. It's just, the yards have been hard to come by. Yeah. Touches have been hard to come by. He's been getting like 12 carries or less. And yeah. all, but I mean, and look, he's two games. He's going to be a non-factor in the passing game. So take that into account with PPR. If he does, I think I think we talked about this, Adam. The the game you look at is the two games prior for the Giants before week 14. It was Jordan Howard with 76 rushing yards and Josh Adams with 84. I think that's where Derrick Henry will be if he has a good game. Right, and Adams scored. scored, right? Yeah, I, and, I think and, you get a touchdown. Adam. And Akeem Ayers stole the touchdown from Jordan Howard. Uh, all right, so then after that, tell me how excited you are about Elijah McGuire this week against the Texans. Which allow uh, the eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs, three point three yards per carry to running backs. It's not a good matchup for McGuire, but we want to see what he can do. Yeah, I'm not excited about it. He is a high upside flex because he's going to get if Crowell's out the majority of the work, like you saw last week, and I think he gets you around eight or nine non PPR points with uh, twelve to fourteen PPR points. I would start Elijah McGuire over Adrian Peterson, Agreed. over Marlon Mack, Agreed. over. Tevin Coleman Great. over Kenyon Drake. I'd start him over Josh Adams, too. Over Josh Howard. Jordan Howard. And Josh Howard. Mm. And Josh Howard, for sure. He's not getting any points. Would you be looking, if you own Gus Edwards and you saw him lose that touchdown last week, would you be looking to pick up McGuire, Edo Smith, Zach Zenner, somebody like that? Be looking to pick up Kenneth Dixon. I mean, Gus Edwards still getting a ton of ton of work compared to Dixon. In, sure, but... 
here we are all over again with where Edwards was a couple of weeks ago. I would not start any of those guys over Gus Edwards this week in PPR, and certainly not in non-PPR. Doug Martin's the only guy in PPR I would start over Edwards. Yeah, I, I'd start a lot of those guys over Edwards because I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of Dixon. But right, you gotta you gotta make that that choice. He's still going to get probably 16 to 18 carries. He's just not going to be a factor in the passing game. And if he doesn't score, you've seen what the numbers could be. Yeah, that that is just to say it. That is a good matchup though for like like I don't really see much of a difference coming off the games that they just had between Edwards and Henry. Between yeah yeah. Uh, that's a good point. All right, so then we've got Zach Zenner at Buffalo, Kenneth Dixon against Tampa Bay, Damian Williams against the Chargers, who have been very good against pass-catching running backs this year. Marcus Murphy um, could have a lot of work for Buffalo against Detroit. And even though they're, they're on a much better on a per-carry basis, Detroit is since Damon Harrison has joined them, they have allowed double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR to six running backs. 13 or more fantasy points in PPR to seven running backs in seven games with snacks. And then there's Darren Sproles, who has scored a touchdown in two straight. Uh, yeah, I don't anticipate these guys are going to be super high in the most added list, but I think Marcus Murphy, I want, if I want to spend a little time on him, guys, because how many touches do you think he could get against the Lions? And and second question, we don't know that Ivory and McCoy are out. Is Is Ivory himself worth adding? Ivory's 10% owned if you are in a deeper league and you, you know you're stuck. He's not a bad guy to take a flyer on if you miss on Murphy. The one thing to look at with the Buffalo situation, and again, you got to factor in Isaiah McKenzie here. Obviously, none of these guys are LaShawn McCoy, but for what it's worth, Buffalo's given McCoy at least 18 total touches in three games in a row, and so that's prior to last week. And so if it's just Murphy by himself, then he's probably looking at around 15 touches. Yeah, I've got him projected for 16 touches right now. So that that just would stay in line with about what Buffalo has been doing. Again, McKenzie had four carries last week. He had the the, the red zone touchdown. Um, it wasn't a, as a traditional running back play. At least I don't think so. Um, but it, uh, it it's going to be a little bit of a factor there. I wouldn't be surprised if they sign somebody if both guys are out, you know, just for depth. So that's something to keep an eye on. If they do do that, then you probably assume that McCoy and, and Ivy aren't going to play. At this point, why would they play McCoy? If he's part of their plans next year as they refuse to trade him, you know, what are you doing to a 30-year-old running back at this point in the season with nothing to play for? Anything else you want to say about running backs, guys? I, I'll just go back to Damian Williams. I, at this point, again, we expect Spencer Ware to play, but you should be adding Williams because if Ware doesn't play this week because of a short week, then he's in line for a good uh, starting opportunity. And if Ware goes down at any point in the next couple of weeks, he's the next guy up. It's very clear they're going to use him. He had four catches in the game. And so I think that's an option in, in deep, deep, deep PPR leagues, too. It looks like he's going to be in, involved in the passing game when they're facing a heavy pass rush, and that's what the Chargers have. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved a little bit more this week. But I love Spencer Ware this week. I think you've seen last week in particular as well. Short week, home team, running back that's going to be involved in all facets of the game. Ware's going to have a big game Thursday if he's healthy. Let's move on to wide receivers for Fantasy Week 15. Uh, just one guy that I want to talk about that's owned in more than 65% of leagues, and that's Adam Humphreys. He's 75% owned, and you know they've had great matchups recently. This is the end of that. At Baltimore, six fewest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. If you have Adam Humphreys, are you holding him, starting him, considering dropping him? What do you do with Humphreys, who should have scored a touchdown and came a half a yard away from a touchdown yeah. last week? Uh, at best, I'm holding him. Yeah, I don't mind him this week. I think I'm starting him. Mm -hmm. Really? That's yeah, I think he's a low-end starter. All right. I think it's going to be ball out quick for Jameis, and you know, you don't think he's going to get the ball down the field to his guys. So this is going to be you know, Humphrey's middle of the field again. Okay. Um, so the priority is Dante Pettis, who just had five catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns against Seattle. And Seattle's just, they've been really bad against wide receivers before last night. Chris Conley against the Chargers. Curtis Samuel. Is, is that, I mean... You got a big list here of guys, Jamie Westbrook, Taewon Taylor, Deshaun Hamilton, but Pettis, Conley, Samuel is that kind of the big three, and then there's everyone else. Yeah, and and Conley is, you know, I don't know how many people are going to feel comfortable starting him. I think he's the number three receiver in this matchup because I do think they're going to, you know, have success throwing the ball. Um, but Deshaun Hamilton is very interesting. Tim Patrick's very interesting. You know, both guys had seven catches, nine plus targets for each of them. Patrick had ten. Um, so they're, they're involved. I mean, you look at Taewon Taylor the last two weeks, and he's played very well. You know, certainly 12, I think it's 11-plus PPR points in the two games back from his injury. Yep. So he's he's somebody that can help you in a pinch. 
And then Isaiah McKenzie, you know, again, if he's getting those carries, if he's, let's just say he gets, uh, what'd you project him for? Uh, five carries. Okay. So he had four last week. I'd say probably closer to six to eight. If in fact, he's going to be the second guy through there plus four catches. I mean, he can get you 70 or 80 total yards. Yep. Yeah. Isaiah McKenzie is unowned. There are some other names we'll throw out, including Randall Cobb, but there's one guy I wanted to talk about that I forgot about. And I could see him. He's only 67% owned. I could see him getting dropped after two duds in a row. Josh Reynolds. Uh, facing the Eagles, what do you, would, do you want to be patient with Josh Reynolds? What do you think? You can be patient with him. I don't know if you're going to have the confidence to start him. He he really seems like a touchdown needy number three type of receiver. Yeah, uh, I don't mind him this week though. I think it's a it's a good bounce back spot for all the Rams receivers. Right, like you guys all have golf very high, so there could be some residual Josh Reynolds action there. Uh, to talk more about Pettis, Conley, and Samuel, how much do you like Pettis and Samuel this week? Love Pettis this week. I mean, Samuel's been very consistent for four games in a row, but the last two, you got to be impressed. Uh, over 80 yards receiving, targets have been up. He's been better than DJ Moore. You know, as much as we keep saying DJ Moore, DJ Moore, it's been Samuel. It's been the guy. Because like Dave said, Cam, uh, Cam is not throwing the ball down the field. Um, I think both those guys are worth starting this week. I've got them both as uh, borderline number two receivers. You have them ahead of, say, Tyler Boyd. Yes. I do not. Okay. Um, so D.D. Westbrook gets Washington. Washington has allowed eight touchdown catches to wide receivers in their last four games. Westbrook's coming off a really good game, but you know he, you know how it is. It's up and it's down. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, Kenny Stills, Heath, you want to make the case? Uh, he has five touchdowns in eight games with Ryan Tannehill this year. He's averaged about 55 yards per game in those, and he was the squeaky wheel. They threw it to him a bunch more, and he was really good. And there it is. He's okay. going to get roads, though. He's going to be on the roads this week because they're yeah. on the road, and he's Xavier Rhodes. As I, I, I said in the column, any other week he'd be a star. <laughs> this week is just tough to trust him. And unfortunately, he's got Jacksonville the following week. So tough end of the schedule for Xavier uh, for Kenny Stills. Uh, other names on the list include John Ross, who will have one or two catches for about 10 yards and a touchdown. He scored in all four games A.J. Green has missed. It's yeah. crazy. Robbie Anderson. Quincy Anun was banged up, and Anderson had four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown, and he gets Houston. Tim Patrick, seven catches for 85 yards for Denver, and he'll have Cleveland this week. Randall Cobb caught a touchdown, and he'll face the Bears without their slot cornerback. And then Robert Foster. Robert Foster's had 94 or more yards in three of his last four games, and he gets the awful, awful Lions secondary. And, look, I mean, just speaking honestly, I'm not in any leagues where I'm picking up any of these guys. I don't know if you guys are, but they're interesting names. Uh, is there anybody that I said that between Ross, Robbie Anderson, Tim Patrick, Randall Cobb, and Robert Foster that you like the most? Probably Robbie Anderson. Yeah, he's had uh, four catches each of the last two games, seven targets each of the last two games. And with a Nunwa out, that certainly is a boost. What about Jordy Nelson, guys? 46 Number four receiver. Safer in PPR. And any interest in going back to Zay Jones? He had nine targets last week, just didn't have the production. It's a good matchup for him, better low, than last week was. Low end number three. Yeah, nine targets last week. Still led the team in targets, but he has a problem with drops. Okay, that's Zay Big Jones. Big problem for Josh Allen, too. The whole receiving court, they just drop everything. I'm not even going to read the rest of the names on this list. Although I feel obligated to read Jamison Crowder's name. If Josh Doxson's out and Jordan Reed's out. Think he'll get another long touchdown? Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, but, you do. Okay. No, but he had seven targets. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't, said his I don't name. Want to to a Washington's offense. I said his name. I feel. I feel good about that. Uh, tight ends. So let me play a game called "Will You Start?" And I only have one guy on here. Uh, unfortunately, David Njoku at Denver. Another great matchup for Njoku. Ah, I'm not sure it's a great matchup, but it might be. Uh, another. Interesting matchup for Najoku. He's been so bad the last few games. Would you start Najoku? I'm 11th. Yeah, I would, yes. PPR. I think I have him around 14 or 15. So technically, yeah, I'd start him. 
If you saw any of these three guys on your waiver wire, would you pick them up? Cameron Brait at Baltimore, Evan Ingram against Tennessee, Chris Herndon against Houston. Brait. Brait for sure, and probably Ingram too. Yep. Oh, yeah, Ingram too. Yeah. I would and start, Ian Thomas. I would take him as well. I would start Brait and Ingram over the the crap burger. And Ingram's <laughs> only on in 71% of leagues, but I, uh, I, I don't... I don't. Does it depend on Beckham? Yes, it does. Right? Yeah, he's got to be true. out. Yeah. yeah. And Herndon's got a really good matchup. Houston, as I recall, I haven't, I didn't check this morning, but as I recall, they're they're just terrible against tight ends. Herndon had a bad game, no question, but maybe he gets back to it, it's tight end. So Ian Thomas, where do you have Ian Thomas ranked? Ten, right around there. Thirteen. Let's look at what he's done the last two weeks with Olsen getting injured two weeks ago. Five catches for 46 yards on five targets at Tampa Bay. Nine catches for 77 yards on 11 targets at Cleveland. Dave talked about you know how Cam's not throwing the ball downfield. The Saints have been great against tight ends, but they allowed two catches to Cameron Brait in the end zone last week. And then Anthony Ferkser, uh, his last four games, three or four targets, three or four catches. And uh, Jamie, Jamie laid it down earlier in the show. Johnny Smith and Ferkser have been pretty involved, and Smith's going to be out. Yeah, is it a good matchup? I I would call it maybe a neutral matchup against the Giants, but like I said, no Landon Collins, right? We just don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And and they just gave up, what, 4 for 40 to Vernon Davis after Reed got hurt? 4 for 31. 4 for 31? Yeah. And Vernon Davis himself is at Jacksonville, and Jacksonville has shown to be a little leaky against tight ends. Thoughts on Vernon Davis? Uh, Davis, last year without... Reed, he played 10 games without Reed. He had eight plus PPR points in six of those with three touchdowns. He's at the back end of the streamers for me, but he is ahead of the Kreppberger. And I did look up the Broncos against tight ends because I, I thought this might be the case. I know what it is, yeah. Go They've ahead. given up 977 yards and six touchdowns to tight ends this year, 367 yards and three touchdowns to Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Yeah. But also, Will Disley and Antonio Gates had, had big games against them. But it's really those four. Actually, it's five because it was Kelsey twice, Disley, Gates, and Kittle. And and honestly, it just doesn't matter with Njoku. <laughs> he had the Panthers last week. He had or no, the Panthers and the Bengals were his last two matchups. And he just did nothing. Uh, no, I'm wrong. He scored against no, the Bengals. No, he scored against the Bengals. <laughs> he, it was Houston. That's what it was. It was Houston and Carolina the last two weeks. Good matchups for Njoku. And he did nothing. Uh, Ryan Griffin and Blake Jarwin, Jamie. Did you just feel like obligated to put them on? They had a lot of targets last week. They did, but you're not picking them up, are you? I mean, look, there are people that are stuck in deeper leagues, Adam. We don't all play in eight team leagues like you. Okay, so I have zero eight team leagues, thank you. And I'm just asking, are you are Ryan Griffin and Blake Jarwin in your top sixteen this week? Top sixteen? Yeah. No. Uh, no, but they're in my top twenty. Okay. Uh, CJ Uzama. Any interest in him? PPR, low, low, low-end guy. Yeah. I have to miss on a lot of the guys that we've already talked about. He's a top 20 guy for me. How about a Rams tight end against the Eagles? No. No. I'd pick Everett if I had to pick one of the two. How about Gates against the Chiefs? No. With a floor of zero, I'd rather have (laughs) Uzama. And this is probably the game Eric Berry returns. It's so much fun. Because last week, the first week of the playoffs, the Thursday night game... For the most part, nobody was starting the Jags and the Titans. And then Derrick Henry had the huge game, but it didn't really matter because most people had him on their bench. This week, the semifinals and this Chiefs and Chargers games, there's like mm-hmm. 10 players that everybody's mm-hmm. going to be starting. It's either going to start off so great for you or just absolutely awful. And while you're there, uh, Anthony Lynn last night on Melvin Gordon, he said he's getting better. I can tell you that he's getting a lot better, but we probably won't have a full speed practice this week. So he's going to do some things on the side and we'll see how it goes. Doesn't that sound like he's going to play? Okay, great. DST streamers, and are are these teams starters for you? I think I already did this. Jack, Yeah, we already did this. Like, you're starting Jacksonville against Washington? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tennessee at the Giants? Yep. Baltimore against Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Minnesota against Miami? Yep. Mm-hmm. Buffalo against Detroit? Yep. Mm-hmm. Bears against Green Bay? Yep. Yeah. I'm just not so sure about the Titans. That's the only one that gives me some pause. 
Well, I wonder why. It well, changes at Beckham plays. Look at Beckham what the, look at the last know. five defenses against the Giants. They're running the ball so much that they're not really turning the ball over all that much, and they're not giving up as many sacks. It's just, I mean, where do you guys have Heath? You got him fifth. J- Jamie ninth, and thirteenth for Dave, for the Titans. And I'm just because the Redskins are out there, the Lions, the Falcons, you know, stuff matters. You don't have to start the Titans. And again, if Beckham plays, it changes things. And now you want to make fun of me about the Giants, Heath? How about this? How do you feel about Aldrich Rosas as a kicking streamer? Uh, no, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. He's only missed one field goal and one extra point this year, and he's had five big games in a row. Well, Adam, let me ask you this: You say they're <laughs> running the ball so well. You say they're running the ball so well. What happens if um, Mariota gets off to a good start and they're chasing points? Uh, they'll throw the ball. Because you, you like, like Mariota. Then you like the Titans. I didn't defense. say I like Mariota. I, mean, I like it more than you guys do. Yeah, I like the Titans defense. I don't love the Titans defense. Let's find out who the best kicker is over the last three weeks, shall we? Oh, let's find out who the best kicker is. Oh, wait, no, those are free agents, not not total. <laughs> Aldrich Rosas is the number seven kicker in fantasy this year. Giants are the best. Oh, God. We're out of here, every, ladies you and know, gentlemen. You um, know, the... There's a column on SNY Network on their website that says uh, the lays out the ways the Giants can still win the wild card. Um, do you know how it would go? No, uh, gotta it go. would go. Gotta go by. <laughs> does that column really exist? It does. Yes. Well, a more interesting one is on CBSSports.com. The ways the Browns could win the to get in the playoffs. That, I am cheering for that. Well, you need That'd the awesome. Steelers to lose out. If the Steelers lose out and the Browns win out, there's a good chance it happens. There's some, I mean, some the, other stuff. The Steelers that could lose their next two games very easily. Right. Right. So, you know, that has to happen. Okay, everybody. By the way, we had, if, you, if you're looking for a fun interview, we had uh, Juju Smith Schuster on CBS Sports HQ yesterday. Oh, cool. And uh, Nick Costas had a fun interview with him if you want to find that on our, on our site. Did Nick ask him if he was better than Antonio Brown? Um, he did ask him just because I was um, waiting. My segment was after it, so I listened to the interview. He asked him, he told him, he said, you know, you're having a better year than Antonio Brown. So he did say that to him directly and said, what's been the difference for your season? Um, Didn't throw it to me more? They also talked about, <laughs> he was promoting Doritos. So they also talked about their, uh, their their common bond for Doritos, if you're interested. I do love Doritos, but nothing destroys your breath like Cool Ranch Doritos. Breath destroyer. Uh, uh, you you must eat that a lot, then. <laughs> hey, come on. We're on Skype. You wouldn't know. I'm out of here, everybody. They're out of here. We're out of here. We'll talk to you on Wednesday with a super fun show. Bye.